You know, I think officers that don't train jujitsu or, or any, you know, kind of in my, and in my expert, I would say expert opinion, jujitsu is the most effective martial art out there, especially when it comes to controlling uh, a hands-on situation in that type of job you have a responsibility or duty to be prepared, not just for your own safety, but for the safety of others and the public. And you're, you know, you have a duty to your family to come home safe. Hey guys, if you missed out on the last conference in Nashville, Tennessee, you don't want to miss out on the next one. It's April 28th through May 3rd, Orlando, Florida, the Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center. You made a mistake missing the last one. You don't want that to happen again on this one. Five days of some of the best training you're ever going to experience packed into one event. We have an early bird special right now. $50 off. Use 24 early bird on our website, streetcop.com. Look for the conference. Click the link. Register today. If you want to get significantly better at this profession in five days, don't dare miss out on the 2024 Street Cop Conference. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. I'm your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benino, and I'm jet-lagged as fuck today. But we have with us today a man who comes from a great background. All sorts of cool shit going on. I'll let him explain it all to you. I'm going to try to get your last name right. Mitch Aguiar. Did I get it? Nailed it. Thank you for taking the time out to be on the show today. I appreciate it. Let's uh, just dive into it. Tell us about you. You got a crazy fucking history. Uh, so about me, uh, my name's Mitch Aguiar. As you said, I'm 34 years old. Um, I'm a former Navy SEAL. I was in the military for 10 years, all in the SEAL teams. Uh, got, or I started fighting MMA uh, while I was active duty and just as a hobby and uh, ended up becoming ranked number one on the East coast in two different weight classes and was a 10 time champion in MMA as, and, uh, competed a lot in Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well. I'm now a uh, black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I own my own, uh, jiu-jitsu academy called violent hippie BJJ. Uh, that's another one of my businesses and brands, uh, violent hippie, uh, and when we when we first started this call, uh, you, you had said, "Does your shirt say violent nipple?" <laughs> but uh, yeah, so own a a brand called Violent Hippie, and uh, that's we we sell t shirts, uh, shorts, training training, you know, gear, geese, rash guards, uh, also USDA certified organic CBD oil. Um, I also own another company, a supplement company called Massive Supplements, MASF Supplements. And we specialize in greens and reds. Those are our two biggest supplements, but we have a whole supplement line. Um, and I also own a charity, a uh, nationwide charity called Adopt-A-Cop BJJ that we pay for police officers around the country to, we pay for their memberships, their jujitsu memberships at any gym they want to attend until the rank of blue belt and that's uh kind of me in a nutshell or at least quick little bio where'd you grow up and where do you live now 
I actually grew up in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and that's actually where I live now. But I lived here for the first 11 years of my life, then moved. Uh, I moved around to uh, briefly Massachusetts, Maryland for a while, then Ohio for a while, then San Diego for a while, then back to Virginia Beach. And I've been here ever since. So you the know, majority, here, uh, majority of my sorry. time in your beach. And if people aren't aware of it, like Virginia Beach is where a lot of Navy SEALs live, correct? Correct. It's a whole yeah. military installation there. That's pretty much the whole Virginia Beach area revolves around the military. Correct. Uh, Norfolk, Norfolk, Virginia, which is essentially the town over from Virginia Beach, is the largest naval base in the world. Um, so there's a lot of Navy here for sure, but there's, uh, you know, there's military branches, all the military branches are here, but that's, uh, predominantly the, the biggest one. And then you have all the East coast seal teams and dev group are all located in Virginia beach. So, so, so who came of- up with adopt a cop? I did. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that, dude. What was the thought behind that? So the thought behind that was it was right around the time George Floyd and and all the the screaming in the media uh, for defunding the police. And obviously, like anyone with a brain cell, I thought that was a really dumb solution or answer to that problem. And uh, and I saw the problem like any other black belt or any any other jujitsu serious jujitsu practitioner saw the problem uh in these in a lot of these videos of of these incidents happening that turned into shootings it seemed to be um a lack of of ability to control a situation or the confidence to where you know a lot of these these interactions it was like man if that cop just knew an, uh, a blue belt level of jujitsu, then this whole thing would have been or could have been avoided. And, um, you know, whether that's like just controlling the situation to where the suspect couldn't get a hold of your weapon or controlling the suspect to the point where you don't feel and you're in fear for your life. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm all about a police officer defending themselves if they fear or if they feel their their life is in danger. And but I think that that is not just a black and white statement. You know, you also have a duty as a police officer, in my opinion, if you're going to put yourself in that type of job or role that you need to it's on you or it's your responsibility to also prepare yourself as best you can and, you know, for those types of situations, right? Like, you know, so it's, you shouldn't just be terrified, you know, in general, like you should prepare for what your, your job in, 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 uh, could potentially, you know, have you deal with. And, uh, that happens to be sometimes combative individuals or human beings, you know, human beings are unpredictable and especially in situations like where police are involved in their freedom or, whatever. So uh, things could get combative and you need to be prepared for that, in my opinion. And, um, you know, I think officers that don't train 
jujitsu or, or any, you know, kind of in my, and in my expert, I would say expert opinion, jujitsu is the most effective martial art out there. And especially when it comes to controlling uh, a hands-on situation. So I, ju- I just think it, that all cops should train. And that was kind of my initial response or feeling was, you know, I don't understand why every police officer isn't training or they should have uh, a jujitsu like mats, jujitsu mats or, you know, a training type environment or fight room, whatever you want to call it at every police station, you know, or every, you know, uh, facility. And I knew that that and, and also not just not just a place for them to train by themselves, but also guided instruction, because you need to learn from someone who actually knows what they're doing. You know, so I knew that that was that solution was light years away and and probably won't we probably won't ever see that uh, because that re- would require way too much money. And I know from being in the military, I know that the police being in the police is kind of similar in the sense there's a lot of red tape. There's a lot of you know, requesting and, you know, it, it, it depends on who's getting credit. Is it, you know, is your boss going to get credit for this? And it, is it, is it a good idea, et cetera? Is it going to cost a lot of money? Where's the money coming from? Blah, blah, blah. So I knew just from my experience in the, in the military that I knew the police was similar, just talking to people. So I thought a better solution and a quicker solution would be to just sponsor police officers to go on their own time to an established jujitsu facility and learn from a credible instructor, you know, on their own time, because I was a SEAL active duty. And on my own time, I would go and train jujitsu at an academy. So, you know, I know it could be done, um, whether or not officers are going to put in the time and effort that's required and you know necessary that that's on them and like i said but i think in that type of job you have a responsibility or duty to be prepared not just for your own safety but for the safety of others and the public and your you know you have a duty to your family to come home safe and all that so uh long story short my solution was let's offer you know these sponsorships to police officers and there was a lot of people that didn't support the defund the police and you know that narrative so this was a way to hey put your money where your mouth is if you really support police officers like you say you do then here's a I'm offering a solution and here it is and you can kind of step up and you know put your money where your mouth is and um, it, you know, when I, when I, I, I used to send money to the, uh, you know, the adopting kids from a foreign country, you know, where you, you send a couple dollars and then every, you know, every month, and then they send you a picture of the kid with a little update, like you're feeding this, you know, little boy or girl and your, your money went to this donation to, or your donation went to this kid and they were able to get some clothes and money or whatever, or food, you know what I'm talking about? So that I was sponsor kind of- quite a few of those kids. I, I think I, a two or three, I don't know. I tell the, uh, 
the other side of things, make sure that we were sending money over there. Yeah. So that, so that was kind of my thought process of, well, we could, you could adopt a cop, you know, and people could donate money and your money is going to pay for this police officer. Um, they're, they're, um, you know, membership for jujitsu and, you know, and then I, with my original idea was to pair, you know, like Susan donated $50 or is committed to donating $50 a month to support officer John Smith or whatever. And, you know, that was kind of my original idea with that. And, um, and we still do that, you know, with people have specific officers that they want to sponsor or whatever, but yeah, it's kind of blossomed from there. And that's, that's the deal. And, and the, um, but I wanted accountability on both ends. You know, I wanted, if people were going to, you know, I wanted, I wanted accountability on both ends in the sense, Hey, here's a solution. So if you actually do support police officers, put your money where your mouth is. And then on the other hand, end of that, I don't want to ask people for, to, to part with their hard earned money to support a uh, police officer and then them not take advantage of it or do their part by actually training. So the program is an attendance based program. So you have to train in order to maintain your sponsorship. You have to train twice a week, which, uh, you know, jujitsu class is usually one hour per class. So you have to commit two hours a week in order to have your training funded by our charity, which I don't, you know, I don't think that's unreasonable at all. And especially with my schedule now, and, you know, I still teach, uh, you know, three to four nights a week myself, you know, also running two other businesses and, and everything that I've got going on, I can still find time to teach, you know, three to four times a week. So as a police officer, I feel like, you know, one, you should be training anyway. And then two, if other people are going to be paying for it, then you have to do a minimum of twice per week in order to maintain your sponsorship. How did you originally launch the program? So I originally just uh, came up with the idea and um, I funded it myself. Uh, you know, I, my, my companies were, you know, fairly successful and, and, you know, large enough to where I could donate money myself. And, um, so I actually put the first 60 police officers on my personal credit card just to get the program going and, uh, get some, you know, like a proof of concept essentially. Cause I figured that, you know, everyone that I told about it, about the idea thought it was a great idea and everything. So I figured if we get this going, get the proof of concept going, um, uh, we'll have, you know, help like, uh, basically other companies that support law enforcement or bigger, you know, corporations or people with, you know, deep pockets or, or et cetera, could, you know, would want to step up and, and, uh, help me out essentially and, uh, grow it from there. Or, you know, and also like there's an Instagram side to it. So those, police officers, they have to also post their, essentially their check-in posts are on Instagram. They, they post, uh, you know, a picture of them at training or, you know, after class or whatever. And they just say, Hey, this is me training. And this is why this training helps my job or whatever. 
uh, please consider donating to adopt a cop. And, you know, they, they tag adopt a cop BJJ in the, uh, Instagram post and that's how they check in. Um, you know, and that's how we build awareness of the, the program. How successful has the program been? Uh, it's been, it's been really successful. I would say, uh, it's, it's a little over two years old. Um, we, we've, uh, we're in all 50 States and we have over a thousand gyms across the country that are affiliated with us. Um, you know, that are a part of the program and have officers training at, at their gyms. And, um, so far we've, we've graduated over 200, uh, blue belts. If somebody decides to sign up for adopt a cop and they become an eligible candidate, do they have to complete it to a blue belt? No. So if they don't, if they don't, you know, if they don't uh, feel like training anymore, you know, then they can just stop training, stop posting or whatever. And, and we, you know, they just aren't a part of the program anymore. How does somebody and, apply to be part of the program? Uh, you apply on adopticopbjj.org. But, um, and, and so I'll, I'll say that we've been successful in the sense, you know, the program has grown quite large and everything. And that was, I would say, mainly due to uh, my willingness to, you know, donate a lot of money myself to it and expand it quickly. And I've put all of the money, you know, 100% of our donations thus far have gone directly to supporting police officers, uh, sponsorships. And I have personally, you know, donated a ton of money to getting t-shirts made, geese made, rash guards, et cetera. And I set you know, all of those in the name of Adopt-A-Cop. And then I sell those on Adopt-A-Cop's website and donate 100% of the money back to sponsoring officers. And that was, you know, my way of essentially trying to throw gas on the fire and, and make it just grow as quickly as it could. So that's been a success in the speed that it's grown and participation, I would say. But we have not had a lot of success in getting donations. Um, you know, I, I don't I've never owned a charity before. Um, I don't put a ton of effort into like doing big fundraisers or anything like that because I've got a lot of other stuff going on and, and, you know, I've, I've, uh, feel like I've made the kind of structured the program to where it can, and hopefully, you know, the officers that are in the program taking advantage of the program are also doing their part in spreading awareness and asking for, you know, donations since they're the ones that are actually benefiting from the training, you know, how does somebody donate if they want to donate? You can donate on adopticopbjj.org. Uh, we have monthly subscriptions, you know, that you can uh, sign up for to donate monthly. You can do a one-time donation on there. And uh, you also, like I said, can purchase any of the t-shirts, geese, rash guards, anything on the adopticopbjj.org website. And all 100% of that money goes to sponsorships. And then... Uh, also, on my supplements website, massivesupplements.com, we used to have a roundup feature that, you know, asked people, would you like to donate a dollar to Adopt Cop? And a lot of people um, did that. Uh, but unfortunately, that feature is no longer available. 
on our website uh, because that that feature went away, which sucks. But uh, and then the um, other way is people can just just any any of your daily Amazon shopping or regular Amazon shopping that you do, you can you can use Amazon Smile. It's like Amazon.smile or whatever it is. Uh, and they, that is the same exact website as Amazon, except you can pick a charity and Amazon will donate a portion of your sale to the charity of, you know, an approved charity of your choice. And Adopt-A-Cop BJJ is an approved charity on Amazon Smile. So anything you purchase on Amazon, uh, a percentage of that, and it's no cost to you, Amazon does it, will go to Adopt-A-Cop BJJ if you choose us. So that's a really easy way that people can donate without even donating. That's cool. So how did, how do they set that up? You just go on Amazon Smile, like Amazon Smile, like if you Google Amazon Smile, it's just another, it's, a, it's the exact same thing as Amazon. It's just called Amazon Smile and they donate. That's cool. Yeah. What has the feedback been thus far for the people who have attended Adopt-A-Cop? For the most part, very good. Uh, you know, like I said, we've we've graduated over 200 blue belts, which is super cool. And those, those people have really, you know, understood the uh, value of the program and have taken full advantage of it. And, you know, I, I, I understand. And also I'm realistic that the majority of people that start jujitsu don't finish or don't get their blue belt. You know, it takes, if you're training a lot and you're really good, you'll get your blue belt in six months. If you're, you know, kind of a, sporadically training and not that great or whatever it might take you up to a year and a half to get your blue belt you know so or or maybe even longer um but again this twice a week mandatory training kind of you know it's set up to get people to actually get to the finish line of the blue belt you know so the people that have actually you know taken advantage of of the program in that good way have loved it. And, um, and we've definitely had a lot of people start and then, uh, fall out, which is normal in jujitsu because a lot of times people don't like adversity, you know, and in jujitsu, you're absolutely going to face adversity because no matter who you are, you're going to suck at jujitsu in the beginning. It's, it's, it's just the way it is because, the the level of knowledge and the, and the the depth of that pool is is so deep you know you can't it it just is what it is and um you have to be okay with sucking for a while your ego has to be able to handle that you know when a big strong guy comes into the gym and just gets strangled by a puny you know little dweeb looking guy you know it messes with people and um you know Especially, I think with cops and and I've seen this in the SEAL team, so I'm not picking on cops. You know, I've seen this with with Navy SEAL operators. They're used to being, you know, this big badass, you know, alpha type dude. And, you know, when we go on target, sure, you're you're rolling deep with a gang and you're in body armor and a gun and all that is great. But 
what happens when it's just one-on-one and you're in the vessel that you were born in and brought into this universe with, you know, and then all of a sudden you don't have these things to rely on. It's just you and your skill or lack of, and you get exposed. And, uh, that's hard, hard for people to deal with sometimes. So, you know, it's not surprising that people quit. In my opinion, that's really dumb. And it's not going to make you any better, you know, but it is what it is. It's reality. And then uh, also we have, we've had people bitch and complain about the, uh, the training twice a week, you know, and, 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 and that's just something that fi- founding this, this charity and my background, I, I, d- I just don't care about your excuses like we give a three strikes uh system as well so if you don't you know if you miss a check-in or whatever and you don't have a reason why then that's like a strike and if you get three strikes you're out and because i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give people's hard-earned money to pay continually pay for you to train and you're not taking you're not actually training or showing up so it's there's a level of accountability there and again just from where I come from and the world I come from, accountability is everything. And, uh, you have to, you have to just make it happen. There is no excuses, you know, fuck your excuses. And I don't feel like, you know, I don't owe any of these police officers anything. I'm doing this because I want to help add a solution to a problem and again, help them better themselves, help them be, you know, safer and come home to their family. And you know what I mean? Like I just am providing a path for them to do that free of charge. And the only effort really, or the only uh, requirement is really effort. And if you're not willing to give two hours per week, then that's fine. You don't have to be in this program. And there's plenty of other people that are willing to put in that minimal effort in order to take advantage of it. So that's kind of just where I stand on it. Uh, As far as the, the, we've had some people bitch about the, uh, you know, like I said, the, the requirements and then some of the things, some of the gripes, like we just recently had a gripe over, over someone saying that, uh, you know, we don't, they don't, they didn't support adopt a cop because we didn't, or we didn't vet some gym and some instructor at this gym. Like this person had an issue with the instructor at some certain gym. Like I said, there we have over a thousand gyms affiliated with us. And we do that by like the police officer contacts us and says, Hey, I live in, you know, wherever Indiana and this is a gym that's closest to my house and this is where I'd like to train. We reach out to that gym and say, hey, here's adopt this is adopt cop. We're this program. Would you like to participate? Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we try to make it as convenient for the officers because there's police officers all around the country. You know, so it's not like this is a set place that you can only get this training. We try to make it convenient for everybody to train. And so we don't have time to vet every single you know what I mean? Do a background check on every single jujitsu academy or every single jujitsu instructor that's hired at that academy. We're just trying to get people training. It's kind of on you to, you know, 
do your own or use your own judgment at that point. And um, again, so, you know, I, th- I thought that was dumb, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a, a dumb gripe of theirs. But and, and jujitsu is like anything. And, and it's very the politics in jujitsu are very real and uh, annoying as hell. And, you know, a lot of gyms will call and complain about another gym or whatever, because they're in competition with each other, you know, and they or they feel like like this gym's taking food off my table or whatever. It's, it's a lot of dumb shit that I really am not interested in dealing with or getting, you know, having any part of. But I know that it's real. Why a blue belt? Because a blue belt is the first promotion after white belt. You know, it goes white belt, blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, black belt. So these belts are not like Taekwondo where you're having nine-year-old black belts. You know, this this more like takes nine to ten years to get your black belt in jiu-jitsu. Uh, but a blue belt. Like I said, if you are dedicated and, you know, going, you know, on a regular basis, you can achieve a blue belt in roughly six months, you know, if you're good. And a blue belt level of knowledge, if you take any anybody that is a blue belt versus someone who has no grappling experience, that person that has no grappling experience has about a zero percent chance of winning that exchange if if the altercation went like physical you know in a situation where you go hands-on with someone or you're marshalling or trying to uh, arrest and detain somebody or or anything like that and most people don't train most people have no training experience and uh and and, and it's it's really not an exaggeration to say what i'm saying like and anyone who trains jujitsu, jujitsu specifically, will will tell you that. You know, it's funny. We had Phil Miglarese coming. You know, Phil. Uh, yeah, from uh, he's in Philadelphia, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Phil, yeah, the animal black belt. What is he? The animal black belt? I think that's his Instagram handle. Is uh, animal black belt? Phil's a good dude, and Phil said the same thing. He felt six months of training would be where you'd need to be as a police officer at a very minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, I, I believe he's a, he's a fifth degree black belt or something like that. About to be a coral belt. I just discovered that there's a coral belt. Didn't know that. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. Phil, Phil's a, he's awesome. I actually met him um, through Instagram because he had uh, posted a submission and, and I was like, Oh, that's my submission. The Aguiar choke. And, uh, and he like looked it up or whatever and saw that I had posted a video years ago with Danny and Asanto, who is uh, Bruce Lee's coach. And, you know, he's a black belt under Jean-Jacques Machado. And I posted a video a long time ago with me and Kenny Johnson. Um, and I was showing this submission and, and I had to like ask every black belt I knew, you know, what it was called and nobody had seen it. And, uh, you know, got it verified by a Hicks and Gracie black belt. And, and, you know, I showed it at a seminar with Henzo and, you know, actually did it on Henzo. It's kind of cool. And, you know, he had posted a video and I, and I said, Hey, that's, that's the Aguiar choke. And, and, uh, and then he showed me like a version he did and it was cool. We kind of shouted each other out and we've been supporting each other ever since. Feels a good dude. Yeah. He's cool. 
Seems like a badass. Hey guys, follow us on all social media platforms to include Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group. We have so much information going out every single day and we don't want you to miss out on any of that stuff. So check it out. Go give us a follow. Dude, I like how you said earlier, fuck your excuses because I'm thinking I'm going to have that printed out and put it on my wall here. Nice. Maybe make a shirt of it. I'm sure somebody else has already taken that already, but it's so funny when I tell people about, you know, I guess maybe seceding in life outside of how you've been raised to like having some mindfulness into the way that you behave and your own behavior. I think one of the strongest things you can do as a human being is begin to recognize excuses. Because uh, once you recognize excuses, you can see them a mile away. As a matter of fact, I probably pick my friends based on the fact based on whether or not they actually make excuses or don't make excuses. That's probably how I choose my circle of, of people that I decide to spend time with, which is a very, very small circle. Yeah. You can make excuses or you can make it happen, you know? And, uh, it, it just boils down to effort at the end of the day. And, um, you know, I know circumstances are one thing, but it's kind of like that analogy, you, you know, there's these two brothers and they had a, uh, their, their father was an alcoholic. And when they both grew up, you know, one of them became an alcoholic and the other one became extremely successful. And when they, when they asked him, you know, why are you an alcoholic? Well, the answer is, well, my father was an alcoholic. And then when they asked the brother, the other brother, why are you so successful? And he goes, well, my father was an alcoholic. You know, it, it just boils down to what choices you make. Yeah. I guess how you want to see your life. Right. Married kids? Me? Nope. Not married. No kids. That's it, huh? Yeah. Everyone, uh, my, my siblings are all married with kids. Uh, uh, I, you know, I feel like uh, my businesses are sort of my kids. I get it, you know? dude. You know, it's so interesting. I think people believe they have to be led down a certain path and follow that path. But the reality is, is you have to choose to live your life any way you want. And you don't have to pick your lifestyle yeah, based on other people's expectations, you know? No, totally. And I, I see, um, you know, I see the benefits of, of both and I, and I see the perspectives, you know, from both and how, how it can be great for some people and, and, you know, completely fulfilling and all that. And, and then others, you know, are sort of not making the most of it and, and not enjoying it. Uh, you know, and then other way around too, I see people that are workaholics or whatever and, you know, unhappy and then others that are, you know, love what they do. And, you know, it's, it's just all about what works for you. And, and, you know, and I think anything is again, just kind of what you make of it. Um, right now for me, my businesses are kind of my babies and, and I put a lot of effort into them and, and it is kind of like a child, you know, like, they require a ton of your time and effort and uh, you have to nurture them for them to mature and, you know, and be, be good and successful <laughs> and just like a kid, you know? And uh, to me, I, I just, I, I really look at, especially as I got older, um, reflecting and looking back at my own like upbringing and stuff. Uh, I felt extremely lucky that my parents were such like loving and encouraging people. Um, you know, I don't come from money or anything like that, but my parents, you know, really made me feel loved and supported and, you know, like they cared and encouraged to 
you know, that I could do whatever I wanted to. I just had to apply myself and work hard. And I had like good values and morals instilled in me. And I, and I, at the time, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of growing up, you kind of think that every, everybody's receiving this, you know, and this is just kind of normal because you don't know any better. But then like, as I got older and hearing other people's stories about their relationships or experiences growing up with, you know, shitty parents or, you know, non-supportive parents or whatever the, the circumstances may be, I really saw how impactful it was on their life in a negative way. And then, you know, really seeing how impactful it was in my, in my life in a positive way. And, um, that's something that I am very, very grateful for. And, you know, it also has made me look at my own life and like being a parent. If, if I was to have, have a kid, I would definitely want to be, you know, all in on that. And, be a good parent because I, I see how important it is. And, um, and once when I feel like once you have kids, you're almost like sacrificing your life for theirs in a way. And, uh, because they're so, they need, they're so demanding that of your time and they, they are completely dependent on you, you know, and your efforts and time and, and all that stuff. So it just, it's not that it can't be done. Like you can't do both, but it's just really, really hard, and I'm sure to do both well. And right now, I feel like, you know, I, I, I'm not in a rush. If it happens, it happens. Cool. If not, cool. I'm cool with that too. I'm just making the most out of every day I can. Yeah, it's cool, man. Um, I think everybody has a different perspective, and I'm certainly gonna try to disagree with the. Um, you know, having kids in your life and what that means and the responsibility it means. I have a bunch of have- a fuck ton. Oh yeah, how many? Yeah, I got four. Okay. And so, yeah. dude, like, there is there is truth to the fact that yes, you're going to have to dial back how much energy you put in other things because they do deserve and uh, a, a lot of your time. And I don't say take up because they do just deserve your time. But there is a different reward you get back from your children that you can't get in other ways. Um, you know, I think, I think without sounding cliche and you may not know that until you actually experience it. And typically for men, I don't think you experience that till about, I don't know, six months or more. Like most, I was just seeing my in-laws and my brother-in-law and his wife. And, you know, I haven't seen their daughter since she was a baby. And now she's like almost two years old and how I like get to enjoy her now as a guy versus like holding a little football you know, while she's sleeping in my arms, like women really like that part of life, but you know, now it's so much fun. So people might have kids or be new parents. And for the men, at least like, Oh, you know, I hear you saying this, but like, I have this little baby at home. Like, yeah, no, it's a fantastic thing, but just wait till they hit like 18 months and they're a fucking blast dude. Cause it's a lot of goddamn fun to have, uh, to have kids. And, and they, they do, they, they do return on your investment really nicely. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. So, uh, but it doesn't mean that you're missing out on anything. Um, and, and vice versa. Yeah, no, I, I believe that, you know, and, and I've, I've really, it's, it's been an interesting perspective as well, uh, like being an uncle, you know, and seeing my nieces grow up and, and every time I, you know, visit them, they're, especially from, you know, babies to like 
you know, now my oldest niece, I believe is starting third grade. And so like that time frame, you know, from like zero to like seven years old or so, they just change so fast. And, you know, like you see them six months later and you're like, whoa, they're way bigger. They're, they're a little bit more intelligent, you know, they're, and, but their innocence is so sweet as well. And, and you realize after, you know, two, three times of, of going to visit, coming back, you know, not seeing them for six months and going back six months. And you're like, wow, these are drastic, like changes and they're never, they're not going backwards. You know, it's, you're not getting that time back. So, you know, it made me want to be present with them more and really enjoy the, you know, primarily like their innocence and their cuteness at that age, you know, because the next time you see them, they're not going to be there and they're going to, you know, be a little bit more logical. They're going to be a little bit more, you know, of a human and an adult, you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, so that, that was, that that's been a, an interesting experience. And again, really made me also value that decision about having kids is because I see how fast they grow up. And again, you're never going to get that time back with them at that age and that experience. So when I or if and when I do have kids, I want to be as present as I can for all of it. And really, you know, try and get that experience to the fullest. And I feel like, you know, maybe I work on my businesses and get to a point where I'm like completely financially secure and, you know, can set these things up to where they're just running in the background without me needing to be there every day. And then now I can step back and have kids and, you know, be fully present for that and still have my businesses at, you know, they're, they're now adults and like in the world on their own, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. Well, look, brother, it's been real good having you on. It's great meeting you. Um, people constantly solicit us to, you know, move forward, with adopt a cop and and help. And we certainly would love to and continue to do so. You know, it's so funny because I didn't know what the business platform was. And years ago, people were like, whenever you started it, like, hey, share this. I'm like, hey, is this legit? Like, you know what I mean? We didn't know as a <laughs> company. But anytime I get solicited, I I certainly pass it along on our social media platforms and if there's anything else that we can do for you, you know, let me know. I know it's a nonprofit. I like it. I, I, I'd i like to help. We always have a big uh, audience here of law enforcement officers. So if there's anything I could do for you, anything you want to say before we wrap this up? You know, uh, I also own uh, Massive Supplements. That That's like my my primary company. And, um, you know, I I personally have have been the the biggest donator to adopt a cop BJJ. Um, but you know, I, I don't know, like, and this is, could be a whole other podcast about my background when it comes to, you know, uh, I was very outspoken against the tyrannical, you know, bullshit that our country faced with, with COVID and, um, and all that nonsense. And, um, you know, and I, I had originally, I had a, I had 370,000 followers on my Instagram and I was verified before it cost 10 bucks. You know, uh, I had built that platform up organically for five years and 
almost six years. And that, that was the primary contributor to the success of my supplement company because I, I had launched it from there. 90, over 90% of my sales came directly from Instagram. And, um, you know, in a time, in that time during COVID, when there was no one speaking up about what the hell was going on on it. And, and when I say no one, I mean, with a, with a sizable platform, you know, with actual influence and, uh, because no one wanted to risk losing their platform or losing their livelihood in, in, in that sense. You know, I felt like it was way too important not to speak up. And, you know, in the absence of leadership, you need to lead. And, and uh, unfortunately, I got my Instagram deleted my account. Wow. Uh, and, you know, I had posted a video of me on the streets of New York with a bullhorn screaming, the vaccine does not stop you from getting COVID. It does not stop you from spreading COVID. And they deleted my account for misinformation. And, and uh, like just overnight, gone. And um, that really, you know, did a hard, hard impact on my, on my business. And like I said, I've been the, the majority donator to Adopt-A-Cop. And uh, so, if people want to support, please look at our supplements and uh, massive supplements, massfsupplements.com. And, uh, you know, all of our supplements are extremely high quality. Our, our main products are the Smashing Greens and the Smashing Reds. Um, you know, they're, they're uh, the absolute most nutrient-dense uh, blends of, of greens and red superfoods on the market, hands down. Awesome. And, I'm going to um, buy some. Yeah, I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, so and we also offer, you know, we've always offered uh, military veteran and police first responder discounts. You know, I've always put my money where my mouth is and supported supported people that, you know, are like deserve to be supported. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, right now we're we're really struggling. And, uh, you know, I'm so so I'm super grateful for this. opportunity to to use your platform and um you know get awareness or whatever but yeah so if you want to support you know please purchase our supplements you know violent hippie uh you know we have awesome swag stuff like that you can support there and then also uh adoptacopbjj.org you can donate and support the police officers training in that in there Owning and operating a business is fucking daunting. It's it, it's funny. It's it's been the most stressful thing I've ever done, and like had to navigate. And um, you know, and that's saying something because I, I lived in Afghanistan for almost a year. You know, getting shot at all the time, walking through minefields left and right. You know, uh, and it it didn't really hold a candle to how stressed I've been dealing with this business at times. And, you know, I, I never really uh, expected that, but, and it's also, I, I'm so thankful that I've been through so much adversity before starting this business, because I don't know if I'd have been able to get through it though, you know, so. Well said. Well, Mitch it's been real, my friend. It's yeah. Been great. Thank you so much for having me on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, dude, anything you need, reach out to us. All right. Well, dude, thank you. Bye, bro.
I'll see you. Hey guys, check out our upcoming training at streetcop.com. Don't forget, we have 50 instructors nationally teaching a variety of topics. These are the best classes you're going to experience in your career. We make sure of it. You're going to love it. I guarantee you, you're going to be thankful that you went. Check us out at streetcop.com for all upcoming classes in your area.